Welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Join me as I speak with guests from across the world about the latest advancements in cloud and edge computing, data center technology, network infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and welcome to another Conversation in the Cloud. I'm joined today by Stephen Gold, Chief Marketing Officer of Spark Cognition. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, thanks, Jake. Stephen, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Spark Cognition and give us a little bit of background about yourself and what drove you to become the Chief Marketing Officer at Spark Cognition? Well, since 2013, Spark Cognition has been developing AI solutions that are really targeting organizations looking to do things like predicting future outcomes or optimizing processes or simply preventing cyber attacks. So all of this is built upon our own patented AI portfolio around next generation machine learning and deep learning and AI techniques that provide for solutions that actually learn and adapt and get better with time. So we're working with big companies around the globe to solve critical challenges of keeping plant operations up and operating, keeping workers safe, you know, and ultimately helping these organizations drive a bottom line. And AI is fundamentally a game changer. We've heard about digital transformation and you know all of the initiatives underway we hear about industry 4.0 we hear about the internet of things and ai is truly the catalyst to bring all of these things together and it's been a passion of mine for two decades now and it began when i was with ibm as one of the original business architects for watson and it really just drew me in in terms of the potential of how ai can enable organizations to use the available information that they have to analyze it, to optimize, to learn from it, you know, to augment human intelligence, to make us smarter, all in the mindset of basically building a better business. I grew up, you know, always curious about technology. I attended the University of Illinois as an engineer, and I think it really shaped my mindset, my frame of reference in terms of how technology you know, can be applied to truly advance and improve not only evolutionary changes in things, but revolutionary, right? Just doing things fundamentally different. And, you know, that pursuit really drove me into business. I went back and did my MBA work at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh and, you know, really rounded me out. What a tremendous institution for bringing together technology and people in a meaningful way to give us a whole new perspective. And so much of my life, much of my career has been centered around, you know, doing things that can improve our daily lives personally and professionally. That is fantastic. You know, one of the things that I love about your background is we both worked at IBM at one point in our career, but you really led the team that advanced a lot of the artificial intelligence work that we're sort of seeing today in the marketplace. You're really kind of delivering enterprise-scale AI solutions. Can you talk about some of the key markets that you're focused on, the IP that you've developed, and some of the key challenges that you're really solving? In terms of the markets, we work in a diverse set of markets, oil and gas, renewables, manufacturing, transportation, government, cybersecurity, financial services. 
But the common thread through all of those, because often I'm asked, you know, wow, those are relatively different disparate markets. So the common thread is ultimately the ability to harness information data and get new insights that really accelerate and propel the business forward in a meaningful way. And the benefit to Spark Cognition in this context is we get to take learnings and best practices from different industries and cascade that across the different environments that we work within, kind of bringing the best of an industry to the masses. And so the types of things that we're really targeting in terms of the problems that we're solving for these respective groups kind of run the gambit between, you know, how do you deal with the data overload? And I say that, Jake, because it's almost unfathomable to think that it would take 181 million years to download the available data on the internet. So when we talk about big data today, even within the context of a single company, it's a massive amount of information. And what once was going to be the solution, you know, hey, if we only have the data, we'll make better decisions actually has become the problem because it's so much of it. If we only had the data. <laughs> you remember those statements, don't I you? I do remember those statements. I do. Yeah. Well, be careful what you ask for. But then also, you know, we see beyond that organizations today in oil and gas and energy, they're facing challenges with climate change, commitments to net zero initiatives. We see that in many cases, companies haven't been able to reinvest at a rate to keep pace with the aging assets. So they have these very expensive assets that are starting to fail and they're looking to prolong the useful life. And how do you do that? They have workers aging out of the system. You know, for the first time in decades, we have a massive amount of tribal knowledge leaving these industries. And who's going to pick it up without some logical process to transfer that knowledge? It'll be lost forever. And so you know, we're helping them use AI as an augmentation to keep that knowledge. And then, you know, obviously, we have other 21st century challenges like cyber threats. And the fact that every business is vulnerable to an attack. We remember a year ago, Jake, the Colonial Pipeline was shut down. It was like literally a year ago in May. And that brought East Coast distribution of gas offline for five days. Wow. And so this isn't an anomaly. There's a new ransomware attack every 11 seconds. And so, you know, in addition to just running a good business, now you have to be concerned about keeping the lights on due to nefarious activities. So these are the kind of problems that we're working with these industries, these customers to solve. Well, you know, it's pretty amazing that you have to think about the entire internet as the opportunity that you have to solve, but it is true. So can you talk a little bit about the relationship between Intel and the development of Model Studio or Darwin, I think your code name is? Yeah, so I'm going to flash back for just a second because, you know, AI has been around for 62 years. You know, it came to light in 1956 at Dartmouth when there was a conference hosted by two researchers, Minsky and McCarthy, and that gave birth to AI. But the reason I bring us back 62 years is the challenge back then is literally the compute power didn't exist. So great theory, great ideas, but the technology hadn't progressed. We're clearly today we are light years ahead in terms of our access to cost-effective compute power. But this underscores everything that we do. So 
our AI wouldn't be AI, wouldn't be enabled if not for you know the work that's occurred at organizations like Intel. And specifically, we've optimized our process on top of the Xeon scalable processor. And this has given us the ability to not only resolve critical customer problems, but to resolve them in a way that's timely. It's one thing to say, I can solve the problem, come back to me in three weeks, I'll have an answer. <laughs> that's very different than come back to me you know, in sub three seconds and I'll have an answer. And so you know, running on top of Intel, our ML Studio is almost 45 times faster than it was pre-Intel partnership. And so this is meaningful not only to us, but this is meaningful to the market. Many of the things that we attempt to do wouldn't be doable if not for the share power that's available to us. Well, that's amazing to me. It's one of my favorite success stories, which is why I love it when we can make this happen together. Can you talk a little bit about what industries are impacted by Darwin and Spark Cognition and your Smart Predict? Yeah. So we're a bit different in how we think about the technology and that we've developed a very formidable IP portfolio, but not just based on what I'll say one dimensional AI, but in addition to machine learning, which tends to be the common phrase when people think about AI, you know, we really advanced our IP in deep learning and natural language processing and computational knowledge graphs and computer vision. And it's really this holistic approach to AI and the technology that allows us to build out the solutions, which is the second really key differentiator, rather than taking the technology in an ML studio or in a natural language process studio, rather than just taking those and handing them to the customer and saying, hey, here's great technology, you figure out what to do, which has been the traditional approach. What we've said is, look, we're not going to sell you the technology per se, or the platform, we're actually going to go downstream with you and build out the application. So we're going to build out an application that optimizes performance on an offshore oil and gas platform. We're going to build out the application that manages the logistics associated with the movement of assets around the world. We're going to build out the product that provides for identification of unsafe worker conditions in real time. And all of these are literally changing the ways organizations are thinking about operating their businesses. So whether it's financial services and optimizing how you price a government bond, or whether it's literally in the manufacturing line, how you're thinking about energy consumption, or it's upstream in oil and gas and looking at new forms of exploration. We're literally partnered with the customer across all the industries I mentioned to make AI meaningful in terms of the outcome. Because at the heart of it, no customer is simply satisfied with buying technology, right? It's the hammer without the nail. What do I do? And so the idea of going all the way downstream to the actual user, to the engineer, to the trader, to the safety director, and giving them a resource that's meaningful, that's what it's all about for Spark Cognition. Wow. It's a great business model. 
Let's talk a little bit about some of the awards and talk about your participation at Intel Vision. I mean, you guys are really getting recognized in the industry and Intel specifically has taken notice. So can you talk a little bit about Spark Cognition's participation and some of the other industry recognitions? Absolutely. So Intel Vision was a great venue for us to really, you know, be connected to the market, to talk to other partners and customers, and even Intel employees about what's really happening with AI in the physical world. We hear about it. We speak to it through the various voice components we have, the series, the Alexas, but we don't really see it. And so, you know, coming to Intel Vision really, I think, helped establish an understanding of where AI is today in the market. And a big part of that, I would like to think, is the work that Spark Cognition has done for the last nine years at advancing how organizations have adapted and commercialized and transformed their businesses based on this technology. And we've been recognized, I think, for that work. This year, again, we were named to CB Insights AI 100 list. This is the fifth year running that we've made the list. We were recognized by Forbes 2022 for one of America's best startup employers out of, I mean, literally a cast of millions. We received top awards from Built in Austin for best employer, best paid employer, best mid-sized organizations. And I think a lot of this is just a great testament to the hard work of the people, the business, the talent that we've acquired, the passion. I can tell you the passion that comes from the folks in Spark Cognition is incredible in terms of the difference they make. I listened to the stories and I have to share it with you, Jake. I was having a conversation the other day and I was listening to someone's discussion about the difference we're making in renewables. I mean, clearly we all appreciate the geopolitical challenges today and the impact it's having on things like gasoline prices and the need for us, not only from a climate perspective, but I think from a pragmatic perspective to get to renewables faster. And certainly the U.S. is progressing towards that end. You know, we'll be, you know, 20% of our energy will come from renewables in the next five years. Germany has declared that by 2030, they'd like to be 65% renewables. And the point being is that a big part of this transformation in terms of making it practical is through artificial intelligence and its ability to analyze all the renewable data out there. But more importantly, the person's point was, this is changing our planet. This isn't just technology. This isn't just profitability. You know, this is about sustainability. This is about the future for our children. And it really kind of brings back to heart why our people are so passionate. The things that we do make a difference on so many different levels. Well said. That's just incredibly well said. So, Stephen, where can our listeners find out more about Spark Cognition as an AI Builders member? We have some stuff on the Intel site, but I'd love for you to lead our listeners to where they could learn more. And then the second question, it's a broader question, but it's my favorite question to ask is, what does the future of AI look like in your mind? Well, the first one is easy and certainly concrete. You can learn more at sparkcognition.com. And you can certainly follow us on our LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram accounts. And you know, however you want to consume the latest information on AI, please join us for that journey. The future of AI, it's so interesting because as, as we talked about, the technology has been around for 62 years. But it's a bit of that phenomena that it's just now starting to come to life. We're just now 
really starting to see the effects. And it's all around us today that, you know, we don't even think about our Alexas and our series, our recommendation engines when we're on the websites, you know, buying our goods and our wares, the autonomous driving that's taking form now on our roadways. So it's almost multifaceted in ways in which it's presenting itself But the reason I say it's coming to life is I think the most material effect that AI is going to have is in the business itself and, you know, how businesses run their factories, how they manage their supply chains, how they train their people, how they ensure worker safety. It's going to literally permeate throughout, I think, every function within a business so much that I think in 10 years, we won't talk about AI. There won't be a separate discussion because everything will incorporate AI. So once everything is AI, then it's no longer important to differentiate and reference it. And so you won't have this idea of, I have a product and I want to add AI, or I have a service and I want to add AI. You know, it will just be tightly coupled, integrated, and we will benefit. Because the thing we didn't really talk about that's fundamentally different is these are not systems that are programmed or solutions, I'll say. These are solutions that are trained. They get progressively smarter. So it's not about where you begin the journey with AI because it will improve. And over the course of time, it will meet, and more importantly, it will surpass any metric that you've established for your organization, whether it's productivity or reliability or uptime. All of those will be eclipsed as these systems get progressively smarter and are able to adapt to the environment, to the data that they're receiving. And so moving out, I think as AI becomes prolific, you're going to see less accidents, which is important. You know, 340 million occupational accidents every year. I think that is going to dramatically drop with AI. Uh, Typical factory, you know, 78, 80, 82% reliability, that's going to climb well up into the high 90s. So you can start to see that throughout all of the things that we touch and experience, we're just going to see a more seamless style, consistent, predictable operation. Well said. Well said. And I thank you for joining our show. This has been one of the more delightful discussions that I've had. So on behalf of Stephen Gold, Chief Marketing Officer of Spark Cognition, my name is Jake Smith, and this has been another Conversation in the Cloud. Wherever you may be in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night.